So what? when you sit down every day, what's your daily drinker? What's your go-to bourbon? Well, I start at 8 a.m. with a, no, I'm kidding. Um, I, my go-to bourbon, um, if it's not Wilderness Trail, <laughs> is... Now, I'll tell you, Pat's behind you, Pat just shake, shaking, just shaking his head. shaking his head. I know, I'm like, I can't get in trouble here. So it's Wilderness Trail all day, every day, only, strictly that. It's, um, and if it's not, honestly, it's a gin. Oh, man, a gin. It's true. There's nothing wrong with that. I think I think that that uh, a lot of bourbon drinkers would do the same thing as is uh, drink a gin. There's a lot of good gins out there that are being made in America right now, right? Yeah, yeah. My favorite's uh, my favorite gin is a uh, is a local one. It's Castle and Keys, um, which of course you know we work with them a lot on a lot of stuff. So uh, it's it's still within the family, I say. You know. Another trip down the bourbon road with your hosts, Jim and Mike. So grab a glass of your favorite bourbon and kick back. Hello everyone, Jim here. It's been a crazy couple of weeks for us. We've been really busy. So everybody knows by now that uh, Randy is moving on down the road. He and his wife are moving to Virginia. And uh, Big Chief Mike Hyatt has come on the Bourbon Road as a co-host. You know, the timing was uh, a little rough for us. You know, we had been invited by uh, Wilderness Trail Distillery to be the podcast at the uh, Kentucky State Barbecue Festival for 2019. And and that chain of events that took place kind of left Mike doing a solo run down at the Barbecue Festival. And, uh, boy, he he did a great job. You know, Mike... Uh, ran around at the barbecue festival down there and uh, he interviewed a bunch of fine folks and uh, I was out in Colorado I was on a family vacation and uh, got to climb Pikes Peak and uh, walk through the Garden of the Gods and and go to Breckenridge and enjoy some great Colorado bourbons as well I visited the 291 distillery and uh, had a really good time when we were out there with family but you know Mike was sort of all by himself here and but he, he's a real champ. He took our equipment down to the barbecue festival, and uh, he was able to uh, interview some fine folks. We have Big Mo Kaysen, uh, Steve Coombs. We've got uh, Susan Riggler and Haley Peros and Pegleg Porker. Uh, a lot of great people on this show. So cheers to Mike for a great job done, and I uh, hope you guys really enjoy the show. So listeners, hey, how lucky am I out here walking around and I bump into Steve Coons. Steve, welcome to the Bourbon Road. But I'm glad to be here. Glad to talk. Let's talk bourbon, man. So Steve, what's your uh what what's your thoughts on what Pat and Pat and Shane have out here today um, at Wilderness Trail Distillery? The first time I came here was about four years ago, and it was like this little Potemkin distillery, just little bitty rick house, little bitty still. And it was four years until I came back in May, and I could not believe how large this place has become and how many rick houses are out here. And now they have this gigantic barbecue festival that apparently has been going on for seven years, and I've missed it until today. This is fantastic what they're doing. Now, you did something special out here. Why don't you tell our listeners about that? So this morning we did a bourbon and barbecue pairing, and it was mostly to show people 
the differences between certain bourbons, like their the uh, Wilderness Trail Weeded, the Wilderness Trail High Rye Bourbon, and the Wilderness Trail Rye, and how those paired with uh, different cuts of bourbon. Uh, we had two different beef ribs. We had some pulled pork, and it was fun to engage the audience and have them voice their opinions on which worked best with which and what didn't work. Now, every day, we always like to t- talk to people about their bourbon road, their experience. When's the first time you took a sip of bourbon? Oh, man, that was a bad experience. That was uh, at, a, at a fraternity party, and it, it did not go well. And that, I was 18 then, and I don't think I tasted it again until I was 46 years old. And at that time, there was a woman named Dawn Pristel, who was the director of tourism for Nelson County in, in uh, Bardstown. And she absolutely shamed me to going into Heaven Hill. And she said, you know, the, the uh, Heritage Center there, she said, Steve Coombs, you're not writing this article about Southern Living without talking about bourbon, going there and tasting bourbon. It was literally that tone of voice. And the lights came on and I had Larceny and Elijah Craig. And low-proof bourbon at that moment just made my mouth incredibly numb, but it was delicious, and I've been hooked on it ever since. And what kind of what, what what do you got on your shelf today? What do you drink? What's your daily drinker? My daily drinker, if pressed, is Old Forester 100 Proof, the signature, not the bottle and bomb, but the signature. It's an incredible bargain with a ton of flavor that you can cocktail, you can put it on the rocks, you can drink it neat, and it costs you 20 bucks a bottle. I mean, it's incredible. But uh, I'm lucky enough as a, as a member of the press to get samples from all over the country, from distilleries of every degree, in bottles that I would never pay for in a second because they're so expensive. And uh, it's tough. I mean, I go there and I look at them and go, what am I having today? And my wife is like, what about trying that one? It's like, wasn't that yesterday? She's like, no, it was the other day. So uh, I love them. I, I, I'm trying to think of a bourbon that I don't like. But I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Heaven Hill. I'm a huge fan of Old Forester. Huge fan of Four Roses. Name it. I probably like it. Mictors, I love them too. So you said you dabbled in cooking a little bit in your past. Why don't you tell us about that a little bit? I did. I was I was a poor kid whose parents said, if you want to keep going to this Catholic all-boys high school, you need to pay for it. And so I got into fine dining as a busboy and earned enough money to actually pay for private school, my car, my insurance, blah, blah, blah. But by the time uh, I got out of high school, we were still on manual typewriters, believe it or not. And I was a terrible typist. And I knew I couldn't be a writer unless I could type. And I became a chef in the midst of all that until I, until word processing came along. I'm only 55 people. I'm not that old. But that's when it is about 87, 88 that I realized I could actually write about food. And so after eight years cooking, I started writing about it and have never stopped since. Now, do you uh, cook with bourbon ever? Only a little bit. I think it's a real challenge. One of the best chefs in Kentucky is a woman named Weta Michael, and she... And I did a piece together uh, for Bourbon Plus magazine on the difficulty of cooking with bourbon. And basically, she said people are too heavy handed with it. They think that more bourbon means more flavor, and it doesn't. Bourbon is very challenging because as soon as you begin to heat it up, it begins to evaporate. If you uh, add it to another liquid, they don't tend to get along very well. Like people like to marinate with it, it just doesn't work. That's part of why. I'm doing these pairings just to show that bourbon really goes well with solids, like fatty meat, like barbecue that we're having here. And that's the and this is the root of my next book on bourbon and barbecue. And to show people, like I've done in several years, uh, pairing it with country ham, with uh, cheeses, with fruits, all these different things. Bourbon likes to play along with solids. It doesn't really play along well with liquids. It, it, I think it really likes chocolate, don't it? It loves chocolate. And you're not kidding. There are a few things. I mean, I've never found a chocolate and whiskey pairing that didn't work out. Chocolate and meat don't always get along. We've, we've struggled to pair wheat whiskey with that. But bourbon and chocolate, 
always get along. Well, folks, uh, look look Steve up. Um, I don't think you'd be disappointed in his writing. I, I know I've read some of his uh, his work. Steve, where can we find you? What what magazine? What books? What websites can we find you at? Well, my website is Steve at I'm sorry stevecoombs.com. My email is Steve at stevecoombs.com, and most of my work can be found at uh, Bourbon Plus Magazine. Or you can see any web any web based article that I write is linked to stevecoombs.com. So there are a lot of titles there they can read. Steve, thanks for being on the Bourbon Road today, and we appreciate it. Awesome, thanks so much. It's a pleasure. So I'm here with Susan Riegler, the author, and she's written Kentucky Sweet and Savory and the Bourbon Tasting Notebook and several other books about whiskey and bourbon. Susan, welcome to the Bourbon Road. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Now, now the Bourbon Road is about bourbon. So, Susan, I'm, I'm assuming you drink just a tad bit of bourbon for these books. Uh, a little bit, yes. For the recent edition of the Bourbon Tasting Notebook, we tasted 340 different bourbons and i figured the other day i'd probably taste it close to 450 bourbons by now Woo, that's a lot of juice right there that's that's a lot of juice but it is a tasting so it's not a lot of juice at one time <laughs> so susan what's your uh what's your go-to what's on your shelf right now that you go to every day that's very very hard to say there are just so many good bourbons it really depends on my mood all of the legacy distillers here in kentucky certainly make a product that i like so it's pretty hard to choose sometimes sometimes i just have to have a couple now what got got you started talking about writing about loving uh america's native spirit well it didn't hurt to be born in louisville that's a good spot one third of the world's bourbon is made in louisville most people don't realize that and um I was the restaurant critic and beverage columnist for the Louisville Courier Journal for 15 years. And I started writing about bourbon before other people were writing about bourbon, before it was a cool thing. So I've been doing this for a long time and uh, I've had a chance to meet virtually everybody in the industry, write about them, get to know them. And uh, I think what always strikes me is how very, very proud people are who are in the industry of what they're doing. I think it's a very close-knit uh, community, too, and they take care of each other. I guess my, my partner, Jim, he always says, all tides raise all ships. Absolutely correct, and I the distillers most certainly realize that. It's uh, something we've kind of grown to love. Me and my wife uh, in Kentucky is a small community feel you get. Even with these, some of these giants in the industry, they still feel like they're your next-door neighbor. Absolutely, and um, some of them are, um, well, kind of are my next-door neighbors since I'm in Louisville, but <laughs> it's, uh, they're not quite as spread as far apart as other spots in Kentucky. But. So, Susan, when you think back, when was your first sip of bourbon? Um, I was actually in my 20s. I didn't, uh, you know, I, I was I was not, not unaware of it. I was certainly aware of bourbon. Um, it was everywhere. I certainly spent many weekends at Churchill Downs and back before it got all tidied up. It smelled of old wood and popcorn and hot dogs and bourbon and cigars. So that's all been part of my consciousness for a very, very long time. Um, Susan, what do you think about Wilderness Trails bourbon and the products they're producing that Shane and uh, Shane and Pat are producing today? Oh, I think they're doing a very fine job. Um, it's it's really high quality whiskey. I, I enjoy it very much, and I I think I really commend them for having the patience to wait till they had a little age on their products because there are a lot of new startups that rush into it, and uh, they're they're doing it right. I'd, I'd have to agree with you on them waiting and have that patience and, and starting up something here in Danville that they're truly part of the community, as you can see today out here at the Kentucky Barbecue Festival. Now, we're out here. 
Are you going to try a little bit of barbecue? Oh, I've already had my barbecue. I'm good. I'm doing a talk at two o'clock, so I ate kind of early. <laughs> now, what did you eat today? I had a uh, pork barbecue sandwich and very, very good, very filling, tender, nice, nice sauce. Now, being a food critic, do you ever cook with bourbon? Absolutely. And, and what's your favorite thing to cook? Oh, I do a um, country ham and chicken crepe with bourbon cream sauce. Man, I might have to make some of that. I might have to get that recipe right there from you after we're done here. Bourbon cream sauce will go a long way for a lot of things. I'm so glad that that we got you on today on the Bourbon Road. The Bourbon Road is about the culture and taking that trip and learning more about bourbon and and what it has to offer great authors. And hopefully we get you on just for a a private interview and sit down with you for a while. And we'd love that. Well, I really, really appreciate that. Thanks so much. And thanks for stopping by the Bourbon Plus booth today. Appreciate it. So, so I'm running across a couple people out here at the uh, 2019 Kentucky Barbecue Festival, and I ran into a little Zane here from Lancaster, Kentucky. Now, Zane, what what are you uh, what are you doing out here? You tried to eat barbecue? Yeah. Now, what's your favorite thing out here to taste? Probably the bacon. Well, just regular old bacon? Is it candied bacon? What is it? Bacon. Just bacon, I, you, folks. You tell you tell Zane he's a quiet of the talker. Are you going to try anything else? Yeah, probably. Are you going to drink some Cokes, or what, what, what? what's your soda of choice? Pepsi. He's a Pepsi guy, folks. He's a rarity in life. So, Zane, thanks for being on the Bourbon Road today. You're welcome. So, I'm over here at Peg Leg Porker Barbecue, and I got Steve and Carrie, and we're going to talk about their bur- bourbon, and we're going to talk about their barbecue. So, Carrie, if you want to go ahead and tell us about your barbecue a little bit, and then I'll talk about your uh, bourbon. So uh, we've been, I've been cooking barbecue for 35 years, and uh, about probably 15 years ago, I met Steve. He's a master welder, and uh, I had him welding on a smoker for me, and then he joined my barbecue team. And then when I opened a restaurant, he wanted to come and help work the pits, and so he's my right leg man. I'm missing a right leg, so that's why I need a right leg man. And uh, we've been open in Nashville for about six and a half years, Peg Leg Porker, in the Gulch in Nashville. Our specialty is real Tennessee barbecue, dry ribs, pulled pork, uh, and chicken. We don't do brisket. Uh, We say if you want brisket, go to Texas. And uh, then now we've got uh, probably five years ago started Peg Leg Porker Spirits, and we've got Peg Leg Porker Bourbon. We have our white label, our eight-year-old gray label, and our 12-year-old black label. Now, now, I should have told you I'm a Texas boy, so I love a little bit of brisket. But I, I, I love brisket. We just don't cook it at that restaurant. Now, now I love now I love some pulled pork though. So, um, and I love some bourbon. Yeah. Um, how? What age is your bourbon? So our white label is between four and six years old. Our eight, uh, our gray label is eight years old, and then we have a twelve year old uh, black label. And we'll be coming out with uh, a addition that we call Pitmasters Reserve this year. That'll be a fifteen year old. Man, I bet that's going to be some good juice. Now, do you guys uh, distill that yourself, or do you, or do you um, source that? So we're a non-distilling producer. We uh, source our bourbon. It's all, ours is a Tennessee straight bourbon. So ours is all distilled and aged in Tennessee. The thing that makes Peg Leg Porker Bourbon unique is unlike the Lincoln County process that filters through sugar maple charcoal on the way to the barrel, uh, making it a Tennessee whiskey. We're a Tennessee straight bourbon. We don't go through that process. But what we do is on the end, after we debarrel the bourbon, 
we run it through hickory charcoal that I personally burned down in our pits and uh, filter it through that to finish off that bourbon and give it a unique signature and taste. We've won a gold medal, double gold medal, platinum medals at San Francisco and at the SIP Awards, and so it's done quite well. Man, you're making me hungry and thirsty at the same dang time. Now, Steve, now what's your, your part of the operation? I'm the general manager at the restaurant and uh, also the pit master, so my, I'm over to, like, quality control of produce and products and stuff, so whatever comes out of the back goes to the front, usually runs through me or some kind of decision of what needs to be made or what needs to be done for the day. Now, quality control to me is the guy that tastes and probably drinks a little bit, right? Uh, yeah, you got to have a little taste here and there, and then it, the bourbon he makes is just so smooth, and it's hard to tell the difference between any year. But I mean, the way it gets processed through those hickory chips and stuff, it's really a smooth, clean bourbon. Now, folks, I want to remind you that we're out here at the uh, 2019 Kentucky Barbecue Festival, so you're going to hear some music going on in the background, a little bit of good music, so uh, hopefully I'll make the barbecue taste better. Now, what do you guys got out here today? Uh, today we're serving uh, pulled pork nachos. We got a pulled pork sandwich or a pulled pork platter, and then we also have uh, some of our ribs, so we're doing our dry ribs, serving them in a half or a full slab. Now, Steve, are you gonna you gonna quality control that? Oh, every morning I gotta check at least one bone. Now, are you gonna drink a little bit of bourbon today? Uh, I'm sure we will, and you know there might be even some of that white lightning come through Kentucky. You never know. Now, Carrie, uh, what's your out of them three? Their products, their uh, their wheat, their rye, and their uh, their rye whiskey. Which one's your favorite? Uh, I like the weeded. Uh, and so uh, it's a, it's it's you know these guys have done a great job. What what people may not know is these were the guys that formulated and and engineered the yeast for a lot of other distilleries around the country for for years. They were chemists and scientists, and then they decided to do their own distillery, and they were going to contract distill, and then they came out with their own juice. It's excellent juice, good guys, and a great product. Now, folks, if you're down in Nashville, Tennessee, and you want to get yourself some peg leg porker barbecue, go down to the Gulch, just south of downtown there, and uh, they got some great barbecue, and they got some great spirits. Carrie and Steve, thank you for being on the Bourbon Road today, and hopefully we'll, we'll get down there, and we'll, maybe we can do a podcast with you in the future. It sounds great. We'd love to have you, and maybe you can be on our podcast uh, that we do uh, right there in the restaurant on Friday nights. Oh, we'd love it. We'll see you later. Thanks, Mike. So we're here at Fox Run Beer Cheese, and they're out of Houstonville, Kentucky, just about 15 minutes south of here from Danville. And I'm with? BJ Case. And BJ, what are you, uh, are you the owner-operator? Yes, sir, owner-operator Fox Run Beer Cheese. Now, what's your, uh, what's your specialty at Fox Run Beer Cheese? Well, today we have on hand a sharp cheddar beer cheese. It's kind of hot for the spicy palate. We also have a uh, milder yet kind of got a little kick uh, bacon flavor beer cheese. And we also have on hand a cream cheese dip. It's a garlic and herb cream cheese dip for the for the non-spicy lover out there. Now, while you're taking your trip down Old Bourbon Road, what's your uh, what's your bourbon to drink? Go-to bourbon for for me today would be the Yellow Label Four Roses. I'm kind of a, a cheap bourbon drinker today. Now, how do you drink? You drink it neat, drink it on the rocks, you mix it. What do you do? I would prefer it on the rocks with a little Coke on the backside. 
every now and again I'll every now and again I'll have a a bourbon and coke. But. All right, all right. That sounds delicious. Now, how long you guys you out here all weekend? What how do, how can we find you on social media? Uh, we do have a Facebook page, uh, just Fox Run on Facebook, Fox Run Beer Cheese, and we also got a website, it's dot com. All right. Well, it's nice talking to you, folks. So I'm out here with Haley. Haley, tell us about your podcast. Uh, so my podcast is called Kentucky Music Preview, and it's all about just trying to kind of foster the music scene in the state of Kentucky, get people out to go see shows, kind of tell people who, what, when, and where people are playing throughout the state. Um, so, of course, always trying to support local musicians, but it's always just more about getting people out to go see music. Now, I sat, I sat and listened to your guys' podcast the other day, and you guys were interviewing uh, Fred Minnick, and a lot of laughs in that podcast. Yeah, a lot of laughs. Um, it was, It's one of those things where I, I've known Fred for a little while now, so I knew it was going to be a great interview, um, but getting in there, you never, you still never know what's going to be said or how it's going to go, and it was, it was a great time, and we don't edit our podcast very much, um, and so that first run was about 96 minutes long, um, but it was a lot of fun. I love getting to hear Fred's stories, and uh, you know, always good time with him. So, you, from what I understand, you got quite the uh, bourbon palate. I enjoy bourbon a little bit, just a touch, uh, and I love it because uh, I never, I never consider myself much of a, a, a palate person. You know, I, uh, I try my best, <laughs> and that's it. But I think I just maybe get a little creative with whatever I find in, in bourbon. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. So, do you, do you work with? I see you over here working at the uh, Wilderness Trail booth. What do you do here at Wilderness Trail? So I am, uh, well, it depends on the day. We, you know, we're a small distillery, so we wear a lot of hats around here. Um, but my official title is account distribution management. Um, and so I'm uh, all about, I'm a glorified account manager, but I also do events. Uh, I do our social media. I do some of our branding work as well. So just depends on the day. And are you a musician too, or you just like to talk about music? I... I mostly just like to talk about music. I have a background. I was a band nerd in high school. I played French horn competitively and all that fun nerdy stuff. Um, so music's definitely been like a, a huge part of my family growing up. My dad's a musician. Um, but these days, it's mostly just about nerding out about music and actually playing it. There's nothing wrong with music and bourbon together. It's a pretty good combination, right? I'm Honestly, it's the best combination. Uh, I'm just I just try to mix all my worlds together as much as I can, you know, and it, and it just so happens that bourbon and music goes pretty hand in hand like a good cocktail should, you know. So what out of the three whiskeys that Wilderness Trail has, which one's your favorite? Surprisingly, the rye whiskey. And I say this surprisingly because I'm not a huge rye fan. I think rye can be done really well, and when it is, it's beautiful, but also rye can go very, very poorly. And oftentimes I see it at the other end of the spectrum. I don't, I, to me, when you do too much rye or it's a heavy rye, it's, all, it's like putting too much Tabasco on something. It's a whole lot of heat, not a lot of flavor, right? It kind of scorches your tongue. Um, but ours is a low rye whiskey, so it's a 56% rye. 
and to me it is super floral. I get a lot of hibiscus, I get a lot of mint in it, and it's just so sweet and enjoyable. I love it, and it surprises me. And also at a barrel strength, which is currently like 118 proof. So, so that's something you would recommend to our uh, female listeners out there to give it a try, and it might surprise them, right? It would. It honestly would, especially for people who don't think they like rye. It's surprising for rye. Rye lovers will enjoy it just because it's something different, something new for them to try. Um, but for if you don't normally drink rye, especially in a lot of females, I find don't just because of you know that spice, that extra challenge. I'll say to drinking, uh, it's it's much more of a smooth smooth content for 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 a rye product for sure. So what would what would you recommend to our listeners? Which one would you recommend to uh, do as a mixer? Ooh, um, gosh, that's tough. Um, probably the weeded, um, just because it go it, it'll go a lot. Well, honestly, I say that, but lately, people have really been enjoying making Manhattans with our rice. Our love, they've that they, they, it's their new favorite to make with um, is is our rye to go for. Um, but uh, if you're making another cocktail, usually the wheat's pretty good. Our wheat is surprising in like that it's it's got a lot of more heft to it than a lot of wheats do. A little bit more volume in the in the flavor, I'd say. So it's it adds a little bit more of a punch to your cocktails, which I like. So what when you sit down every day, what's your daily drinker? What's your go-to bourbon? Well, I start at 8 a.m. with a, no, I'm kidding. Um, I, my go-to bourbon, um, if it's not Wilderness Trail, <laughs> is. Now, I'll tell you, Pat's behind you. Pat She's shake, shaking, shaking his head. Shaking his head. I know. I'm like, I can't get in trouble here. So it's Wilderness Trail all day, every day, only, strictly <laughs> that. It's, um, and if it's not, honestly, it's a gin. Oh, man, is that a gin. Weird? It's true. There's nothing wrong with that. I think I think that that uh, a lot of bourbon drinkers would do the same thing as is uh, drink a gin. There's a lot of good gins out there that are being made in America right now, right? Yeah, yeah. My favorite's uh, my favorite gin is a uh, is a local one. It's Castle and Keys, um, which of course you know we work with them a lot on a lot of stuff. So uh, it's it's still within the family, I say. You know. So. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Haley, we appreciate you being on in. How can our listeners find you on social media? Well, you can find the podcast anywhere that you get your podcast or on the on our website, Kentucky Music Preview. Uh, you can find me on my Instagram, hazy.pesos. It's a play on my name. My last name is Peros, and it's just dogs in Spanish. Um, and so you can find me there or on Facebook as well at Haley.Peros. Well, thanks for being on the Bourbon Road today. We really appreciate it and hearing your your adventure down your Bourbon Road. Thank you so much. It's been awesome to be here. I'm here at U-Bond's Barbecue out of Yazoo, Mississippi. Yazoo City, Mississippi. That's right. And I'm here with... I am Erin Campbell, also known as the newest boss lady or the barbecue duchess. And I am out of... Er, yeah, I'm out of Yazoo as well. All right, so what do you got for everybody today? Man, we got a whole bunch of everything. We call it the smorgasbord, if you will. So we've got some slow-smoked bologna. Uh, we call that Mississippi ribeye. We've got some slow-smoked uh, link sausage, some boneless chicken thighs, some hot legs that we like to call, which is chicken legs, and pulled pork sandwiches, the classic. Now, we're out here at uh, Wilderness Trail Distillery, and, you know, they're famous for their bourbon. Right. Now, what about you? Are you a bourbon drinker? 
Man, I think the whole Yubon squad is bourbon drinkers. Uh, one of our, our specialty drinks, if you will, is called the Yubon Special. And bourbon plays a huge role in that, but it also makes people hurt in the morning because of it. Um, it is uh, bourbon of your choice, uh, Sprite and pineapple juice. And they go down real easy, but again, you feel them the next morning. Now, I hear you guys got a mean Bloody Mary, too. That's right. That's right. So we've been doing competition barbecue for about 30 years, and now we are transitioning to the festival circuit. And when you stay up all night with your pit, the, the thing that will bring you back, surprisingly, is a Bloody Mary. It's vegetables in a cup. It's got that vodka kick to bring you back, and you just keep on drinking. Now, folks, if you're on the Bourbon Road and you're down in Mississippi, and you're down there by Yazoo City, you need to stop in, you bonds, and get yourself some of this fine barbecue. I'm telling you, we will not miss out on that. Now, they got a whole bunch out here. If you're coming out here next year, you should stop by and see them. Um, I will guarantee you it's good. That's coming from a Texas barbecue boy. Oh, yeah. And if you want a secret, a secret, top secret, even though it's on the board, we've got something called the train wreck, which encompasses all of our, our ingredients, if you will. That's bologna, it's pulled pork, it's sausage, and pimento cheese on one bun. And it's damn good. You have no idea what hits you. It feels real good going in, but wow, you feel like a train wreck at, after it. <laughs> so, you, so you get those meat sweats. So, so where can we find you guys on social media? Yeah, so we are, we're real simple. It's U-Bonds BBQ, that's U-B-O- NSBBQ. That's our handle for pretty much everything. Um, we've got about uh, six people, maybe five, who've been on Chopped, who've been on uh, various television uh, commercial or television shows, if you will. Um, so we're real easy to find. Just type in U Bonds and we're there. All right. Thanks for being on the Bourbon Road today. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm here with Charming Designs. And they make farmhouse decor made out of bourbon barrels. And I'm with Kim Leathers here. Kim, how you doing today? I'm doing great. Now, what made you come up with the idea to, to reuse and repurpose um, bourbon barrels? Well, it, it, it's a trend here in Kentucky. A lot of people are doing the barrel tops, and I wanted something different. Um, so I just uh, came up with the idea probably in my sleep. Where do you where do you get your barrels from, and what kind of barrels are they? I get them from uh, Bargetown, Kentucky, and I buy them from a guy that gets them from Jim Bean and Maker's Mark. Now, there's a little bit of bourbon left in them, and when you get them, there's a lot of bourbon left in them. Uh, it's amazing because uh, I have some tops that was left over from last year, and they weigh about six to eight pounds lighter than the ones that I get now, and that's where the bourbon has seeped out of them. Man, that is a waste of juice right there, ladies and gentlemen. A waste of juice, I think. If I was Kim, I'd become a bourbon drinker and mix that stuff up. So, Kim, uh, where can our listeners find you at? Um, I do a few shows. I'm getting ready to come up with a Facebook page. Um, so uh, just start looking um, for Charming Designs on Facebook. And hopefully within the next month, I'll have all of my product online. And, Kim, where are you located out of? I'm located in Harrisburg, Kentucky. We would like to thank Tommy and Gwen Mitchell from Logheads Home Center for supporting this episode of The Bourbon Road. 
Loghead's Home Center, nestled in the hills of Kentucky, is an industry leader in building handcrafted rustic furniture. Family owned and operated, they take pride in offering only the very best for their customers. The Loghead's, and that's what they like to call themselves, are skilled woodcrafters who are passionate about creating rustic furniture for people who appreciate the beauty of natural wood. Owners Tommy and Gwen don't just sell the rustic lifestyle, they live it. And you can be sure that Loghead's furniture will always be handcrafted in Kentucky by artisans who embrace the simple way of life. Loghead's rustic furniture is made from northern white cedar, a sustainable wood that's naturally rot and termite resistant. Its beauty and quality will add warmth to your earthy lifestyle for generations to come. Be sure to check out everything they have to offer at logheadshomecenter.com. And while you're at it, give Tommy and Gwen a shout on Facebook or Instagram at Logheads Home Center. What a special treat we got for you today out here at the 2019 Kentucky Barbecue Festival. I met up with Big Mo Kaysen, a legend in the barbecue business and uh, famous for pit masters. He, you, you've seen him on TV. You've seen him in a three ring circus. He he is a legend. And uh, we should feel honored to have him. Today. First, I'd like to say, Mo, hey, uh, thank you for your service, brother. Likewise. Hey. Likewise, brother. So tell, tell us about your service. You know, uh, I'll tell you, when I, uh, it was my last year in high school, now, you know, senior, and my grandma had 17 children. And my mom just had my sister and I, were twins. And uh, all my uncles and stuff, they worked at like, you know, Firestone, you know, uh, Titan Tire. These were like, you know, very union. They, 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 you know, they had strikes all the time. It was always up and down, up and down, up and down. And I remember standing in my driveway and I remember it was warm outside and I was like, what am I going to do? What's my next step after high school? And, you know, at that time, you know, I'm thinking, I want a job that no matter if you're out of a job or you have a job, you're always using that product. And the thing that came to my mind was water treatment. Because no matter if you're unemployed or employed, you're turning that faucet on and off. That's right. And so uh, I went in the Navy as a boiler tech. Now, I tried to go in as a CB, it was backlogged. So I went as a BT, steam and boilers. And, and in part of BTs, there's also, if you get picked, you get to uh, go in the oil lab. The oil lab is, as you know, uh, is does all the water treatment and everything inside the, uh, on board the ship. So I steam, I worked in the plant in the front of the boiler, and then I got promoted to be able to work in the oil lab, which was a really nice job. And what we did is we took care of the water that fed the boilers and we took care of the water that fed the potable for, for the ship. So I did that four years. was blessed to be able to bust my ass in, um, in the A school. Got top of my class in BT, so I got first pick of orders, and I picked the USS Missouri battleship. Wow, that, that what some history there. Yeah, and, and tell, I mean, tell folks what's so, what's so famous about well, that battleship. Historic, 1944. Uh, came in late in the game in World War II. They actually signed the ending of World War II on USS Missouri. And that's old school ship. And I remember my instructor telling me, because when you're in A school, you learn about all types of systems because you don't know what ship you're going to do. Some ships got automatic systems or semi-automatic. Some ships are stick ship. Missouri was a stick ship, meaning that it was all manual. So no matter if you were taking on shells and half the ships blown out, as long as the boilers were lit, the screws were still turning. 
And on a lot of newer ships or lunar ships, they're semi-automatic. They had automatic boilers. So as soon as they took a hit and the H-packs quit, the whole sequence stopped. The boiler shut down and you had to do all that sequence all over again. So my memory instructor telling me, he says, Mo, you picked a ship, that's an old school stick shift. For Navy dude, that's that's what you want. And because then you learn everything. And so uh, it was an honor to serve. I love that ship. The ship had so much clout and so much history. Um, it's been everywhere. It's done the the, 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 the ribbons. Um, and I mean, it's just an incredible ship. And so I, I did two years on here, uh, on here, went to Desert Storm with her. I uh, was in Sierra Battle Group, uh, kicked the ass over there in Desert Storm. And then um, uh, we came back, we decommissioned her. And then we went to, um, uh, I went on a second ship, which is USS Peleliu, LHA class out of uh, San Diego. Did that. And uh, as soon as I got out of the Navy, I, I did four years and I was going to go to Japan. My cousin was on the uh, the independence and he was like, I was like, you know what? I need to get into the civilian workforce. So within a year, I got on at the water treatment plant back at home and I did 24 years. Now, granted, I come from a big family. I mean, my grandmother was 17 kids. We were all around barbecue and grilling. That's what we did. And I got first thing I, one of the first things I bought when I got on the neighborhood was a little smoker I bought from Walmart, a little Brinkman offset. I got back to doing what I love. And then I start seeing stuff on TV like uh, uh, the first season of Pitmasters or, or um, these channels with Tuffy and Meyer and all those guys. And I thought that was so cool. So uh, I start competing. And, um, you know, I'm just a working dude. And I, I, I got out of the house. My buddy owned a little house. It was like only an 800 square foot house. I bought it for $24,000, I remember. And my my soon-to-be wife, you know, her, we, we start, you know, had our first child. And, and so what I ended up doing was I end up... Uh, we bought the house up on the corner because I knew that, you know, I needed to get some money. We live paycheck to paycheck. You know, I was working for the city, you know. And so um, I was able to take this house and gut it down to bare studs. Uh, I didn't go to the bank for no money. I just worked. And, you know, I got f- friends of mine, homies that, you know, carpet guys, towel guys, plumbers, electricians. I knew a lot of people that were in the industry. And, and so, I mean, they still charged me, you know, but they just didn't rank me. You know, they just they t- they took care of me. And I had $11,000 invested in a year's time. And I gutted this house down to bare studs. And I remember I put it on the market, this little 800 square foot house that I bought for $24,000. And it sold in a week for $89,900. Wow. So, so where did you, you start with, uh, you said your family is big into barbecue and they and they uh, they started, is that where you learned to barbecue from your grandmother? You keep mentioning Well, yeah, her. yeah, but my grandmother, my mom was a seamstress. If you guys don't even know what a seamstress is, that's a very labor-intensive work. It is. It's a piece rate. If you understand what that is, that means once you got proficient at something, all they did is bump the piece rate up, so you got to work harder for the same kind of money. So my mom had like probably three or four couple of terminal surgeries on each hand. She's just an old-school, hard-working woman and worked two jobs. I know. My mom used to work at Walls, and they, she worked for Wrangler. Mm-hmm. So I know where she'd come mm-hmm. home, dog-tired. Dog-tired. And she'd get up every morning at 4 in the morning, and she'd go work, and she wouldn't see her until the evening. So my grandmother watched us a lot. And uh, she's she's old-school woman. Everything she made from scratch. Everything. What nothing. She old-school. She had 17 kids. So she had the, we had a victory garden that my, my grandmother and grandfather had, you know, at garden, that's how they. That's how she fed her kids. Seventeen kids, you know what I mean. She was dirt poor. You were in her house, man. It, it was just a shack. But my grandmother loved her kids and loved her her grandkids, man. And and so watching her cook gave me the. I mean, it was just that, that's that's the passion from cooking. My grandma be in the kitchen, room making biscuits and making all kinds of stuff. Scratch. She didn't have no recipes. So that's the passion came from 
my grandmother and my mother, but my grandmother. And then um, we always had, we were a tight family, squad. I mean, tight. So it's like, you know, by K-Sounds are well-known in, in, in Des Moines, Iowa. I mean, we, we I mean, cousins, everybody, man. My uncles, man, they, they're all hardcore, man. And so we cooked all the time. We barbecued, we always had family gatherings. And my grandma was all about, she was the glue. And no matter what you was doing, we all came over to my grandma's house on Sunday. We all, that's all we did. And so I uh, did that for years. And then, um, so that, that was already still to me. And then when I was a young cat, 10, 11, 12, my mom had a, we had a 55 gallon drum cut in half in the backyard. And I was always playing around with pork steaks or chicken. You know, I didn't really cook any briskets. I didn't know what that was at the time I was young, but you know, that's cook. I love cooking. And so then when I got out of the Navy, you know, the first, like I said, first thing I bought was one of those smoking. I just got back and doing what I love. And, um, I was at, I, I, I sold my house. I bought my first like real trailer. And I remember going out to a cook-off in um, uh, Pine Bluff, Arkansas. And Johnny Trigg and I were walking back from a cook's meeting. He didn't really know me. I mean, and we were, but he, I, I, was, I was cooking and he, he knew of me, but he didn't like really know me. And he was like, uh, they, just, they just did season two or season one of Pitmasters. That's when they, Myron, uh, Melissa Cookson, I don't know, they all traveled and did that kind of stuff. Tuffy and Harry Sue and, he was like, man, you're going to put in for season two Pitmasters. And I'm like, I had no idea. I said, dude, what are you talking about? And he said, yeah, man, it's a show. So I said, man, I ain't connected like that. I ain't got no connections like that, man. He goes, man, I'm serious. You need to put in for it. He said, you got good personality, man. You need to put for it. And I put in for it. And they called me like a week later and asked me to be a contestant. So I went out in California in 2010, won my episode. I uh, went back for the finale a week later, lost in the finale. And then it's just been nothing but a blessing since then. I mean, phone calls, emails about opportunities and and uh, but I'm just the same guy that I always have been, and um, I love barbecue and I love the community of barbecue, uh, the people of barbecue. It's just family, man. I mean, to me, sitting over, starting a fire, going to a pit, and coming to a contest, man, and all the smells in the air, everybody's in the different rigs and all like that. And I just said, man, this is where I need to be. This is where I need to be, and uh, it's been just a, just a blessing. I mean, I'm a humble dude, thankful dude, and. Uh, that's all I can say, man. I mean, I just am the same guy, man. And and the opportunities now. I've been overseas multiple times, going back over in November to back to Australia again, going back to I'm going for the first time in Sao Paulo, Brazil in December. Go, one of my greatest things next year, I got multiple places for the military. I'm going uh, Armed Force. I just signed a contract with Armed Force, Armed Force Entertainment and Battlefield Entertainment. I'm going overseas to uh, cook in military bases. And to me, that's just that's a dream come true. I worked. 24 years at the water treatment plant and my midnight shift. And uh, 2017, man, you know, it just got harder and harder. I mean, I did all the pit master shows I did. I did that with a 40-hour week job, you know, burned up all my vacation personal time in order to do this because of my passion. And then uh, Academy Sports, which is a huge sporting good chain based out of Texas, they're all over the South. They called, they reached out, emailed me and said, hey, Big Mo, we like to have your stuff in our stores. Let's, uh, we want to do like a, a, a test pilot, like 30 stores. So I called, talked on the phone, and he said, come on down to the corporate office, and we'll talk. By the time I got 10 minutes of the conversation, they liked what I was all about. They said, no, we're going to put you in all of our stores, which that's is 300 stores. That's awesome. And, you know, uh, you know, and you still don't know how your stuff's going to do. Anytime you can get a veteran, um, small business owner, and you can put his product out there or hit her product out there, and they've served their country, and you, you actually serve your local community, too. Yeah. To me, there's nothing better. Yeah. So you're uh, what do you what, what's your famous cut of meat? What what do you do best? I'm from Iowa, and we all bought hogs back at home. Big hogs. We all, but I tell you what, what what, I, what my jam is. What I love, I cook, cook brisket, 
And that's because I started doing cook-offs. I was always intrigued by Texas, always. I love that type of flow and that swagger down in Texas, man, just the way they operate. I love how their food is simple seasonings, salt, pepper, garlic, and best briskets that I've ever had. I mean, I was just sitting there, you know, they ain't got no sugar, they ain't got all these other bull crap in it. You got three ingredients, and this brisket is just fire. I'm just like, damn. Some salt and pepper. Salt and pepper, that's it. And I said, oh, no, this is, uh, <laughs> this is how you're supposed to do it. And so I switched up my whole game, man. I had, like, you know, my old brisket rub when I first started, you know, I threw it together. I had, like, fennel seed and all this other bull crap. And I remember uh, I was at a cook-off, dude. I had a homeboy's really good cook, man. And he tasted it, tasted the rub. And he was like, man, Mo, she got to say, people dressing this stuff with just a bunch of farmers, dude. And he said, take this, 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 and this, and this out. He said, you're going to be just fine. And as, a, as soon as I got home the next day, fennel, gone. <laughs> Caraway seed, gone. All, I mean, I just got down the basics and I start messing around. And all these recipes and all my rubs are all my recipes. So, uh, yeah, start doing the barbecue competition and stuff. And and ladies and gentlemen, I, I tell you, we, we met Big Mo this morning and we started talking about bourbon a little bit. Oh. And uh, then we then we come in this in this barbecue trailer here, huh? and me and him are talking, and we both love Special Reserve. So I got my wife Vivian in here with me, and Big Mo here. And what what's he pull out? A big old giant bottle of Special Reserve. And you know who gave this to me? My brother from another mother, Tuffy Stone, at the Memphis MA two years ago. And it's some amazing stuff, ain't it? I never had it. He came up to me and he goes, Big Mo, and we're like brothers. We talk all the time. He said, here you go. This is for you. And I didn't, you know, I heard it well. I heard it was really good, but I didn't know nothing about it. And uh, I tasted it. And I have, like, this has been two years. Look, it's only, it's about... Less than half. I've uh, you privileged to have some of my Weller up in here. It's in my barbecue trailer, and not very people, not too many people sip on this. I sip on this very, very, not very much. So I, so I got two uh, military buddies. They both retired with me. They're both chief boss's mates, retired mm-hmm. from the Coast Guard, mm-hmm. and uh, they came over to our house probably about two months ago. And what do you think they drink on? Where are they from? Well, one is from Oregon. And Oregon, Ohio. Great people. I like Oregon. Actually, <laughs> I got some friends of mine. And, Oregon. and the other guys from Ohio. But the next day, I came home from work. I'd had a bad day at work. I came home and I was like, man, I'm going to get myself a pour of that special reserve. Uh-huh. It was the last bottle I had at the time. I came home up on that shelf. Big old, they put it back on the shelf empty. They drank yeah, the whole bottle. That's messed up. <laughs> but That's hey, how they are, though, man. Hey, that, that's two of my brothers, though. So, hey, you know, if, if you got two best friends I do. in the world... Kind of like you, you can said, have you can take it all, take bro. It all, man. Hey, they they serve their country just as long as I that's did. Right, I, I right. think they deserve the best of my life, and it, I think anybody who comes over our house would say the same thing. They can drink on anything, just like hey, we you you don't know me from Adam, but we came up in your uh, trailer, yep. and we're drinking Weller Special. You damn right, because you you family, you family, brother. That's right. <laughs> so, besides Special Reserves, besides Weller Special Reserve, what's a what's another uh, bourbon that you like to Dude, partake I, in? I love. Kentucky bourbon. I love Kentucky bourbon. So, my normal jam is blends. That's what I drink on the regular. I love some good 15-year pappy. Uh, let's see what else. Um, I had some, for the first time, a couple nights ago, here in Kentucky, I had some Elijah Craig Barrel Proof. Oh, yeah, that's some good juice. Woo, man. Right out of Heaven Hill. I don't know where they're from. Out of Heaven Hill in Bardstown, Kentucky, and right. they're the 
they're a family-owned distillery. Still. Man, it's I'm kind of like Wilderness Trail here. And, and, and you know what? I'm going to tell you something. It's another bourbon I love is Wilderness Trail. To be, I'm, to be frank. I know we're here on the property, but the first time I had Wilderness Trail was last year or two years ago uh, when they start, we started being here. And what's cool about it, in my living room, I've got a barrel. It was one off the first release. And they poured bottles for the Pitmaster. And that's the one we have our images on the side of the label. All the Pitmasters that do the Kentucky Festival. And I got it all signed with all the Pitmasters. And that bottle is sitting at home untouched. And I've got the barrel that all that bourbon came out of in my living room. The owner gave me the barrel. And I got a sitting, I had a lamp in my living room. There's probably juice inside that. Oh, it is. He told me it's about four gallons in there still. Ooh. And uh, But he told me, you know, I, I, when I get home probably this winter, I'll take a screw gun. He told me I need to screw the band so they don't fall down. But, yeah, I got I, I got two barrel bottles, one bottle to drink, and the other bottle's all signed. And that not going to, I'm going to be old and crusty sitting in a hospice. Oh, my you can have the bottle now. Hey, that's some, hey, that's some, <laughs> that's some that's some stuff to drink with grandkids and stuff. It is, man. It just gets better in wine. So Willis Trail's got awesome bourbon. Uh, I love all type of Kentucky bourbon, though. But you know, like um, Willis Trail blends. Those are what I got at home that sip on. Uh, but you got Wellers on the trail with you. Yeah, because my good friend told me on the, don't get on the bourbon road. You can say Big Mo. Drinks Weller Special Reserve. You damn right. And I didn't know how special it was until I was talking with Brad. I was at his house. He had some. He's like, "No, this is, this is good stuff." Oh uh, man, I tell you what, it's going to become a unicorn. I'll tell you that. Um, he said because he said normally this bottle was like a, uh, I don't know, forty dollar bottle. He said because people are buying it up. The, the distributors are buying it, and then they price it up to sixty dollars or whatever. I don't know how it is now. So, so Big Bo's got the one point seven five liter uh, bottle. And it, it, it goes for about 40 to 44 a bottle. Yeah. But if you can find it, you, that's something that you're not going to find. And it actually has one of the old screw caps. This year, they're switched to the uh, the cork style cap on it and stuff. So he, he's got a bottle. But I will tell you, there's not a whole lot left in that bottle. And I, I feel honored just to get to oh. get to talk to you and, and see that, hey, you drink the same thing I drink. You're, you're, a, big, you're a big celebrity. Oh, man. It's just barbecue family. Hashtag. That's how I look at it. That's how we are. We're just family, man. And that's the thing about it is, man. I've been all over, all over this great country, man, and I don't care if I'm in Dyersburg, Tennessee, or I'm out in Portland, Oregon, or I'm out in New York State, New York. It's just, that's one thing about barbecue, and that's what I loved about it, is it's a community. It's a, it's a family. I mean, you'd be at a cook-off, man, some young cat come up, man, just start first cook-off and needed some foil or needed some little tips, and, and we all give back because we've all been there. I remember doing my first competition cook, and I remember, you know, uh, my missteps, and you got to burn, some, be honest, you got to burn some shit up before you get it right. That's right, man. I, I tell you what, I, I smoke a little pork butt every once in a while. Every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'll tell you, it took me a long time to perfect my pork butt or my brisket or making homemade sausage or something. It took me a while to do that. And I think that's the same thing with bourbon. It, it takes a company um, a, a little while to hit a home run, even though Pat and Shane out here at Wilderness Trail, they – they hit a home run right out of the park. Yeah. There's some great rookies right there. Yeah. You better get that rookie card because uh, it's only going to go up from here. So you got it. You um, got it. I guess one of the things, other things I'd ask you, I, I, this morning we got to see that you are a true family operation. It was good to see that you didn't hire some kids from here in Kentucky. You didn't You didn't bring in a staff or anything. Your daughters are out there working with you too. Well, the thing about it is uh, 
I've got some of this. I mean, I got a friend of mine that's been with me for years here. His name's uh, Eric Westerfoot from Kansas City. He's got a big 40-foot uh, vending trailer, and he's a nurse by trade, a burn center for KU University, KU Hospital. He's a burn. He's a supervisor, actually, but he's a big-time barbecue guy, and he's and we've known each other for years. We competed against each other for many years, and we you know we got good rapport. So I brought him in on this because it allows me to be able to do some stuff and talk and, and hang out, and and I know that he knows exactly how I like my stuff. So I don't have to worry about trying to sit tell each person each nuances of how to do it. And so, but my daughters, uh, Montgomery, she's just, I've got four daughters from 23 down to nine. And I brought, the first time I brought my second oldest here, she's an awesome worker. And, uh, you know, she runs my cash box for me, my iPad system. And, and uh, I knew she was on point because, I mean, she was nine years old, 10 years old. And she was like, counting money, getting money, breaking change. And she was on point. I mean, she's... Graduated Iowa State University, honors, speaks fluent Japanese, speaks uh, Mandarin. I'm taking her overseas with me next year because I'm going to Japan, going to Diego Garcia, Guam, Singapore. She's thrilled. And uh, she's going to be like my my manager. And uh, it's, she, she, and that's how I got her on the docket to come to go, go with me. So I want to revisit your uh, military career a little bit there. Maybe. maybe It, it might have been before that. Um, when did you get first, when did you lose your first sip of a bourbon. Oh shoot, that was my uncle's back in the day. You remember what it was? I don't know where it was, but I puked my damn guts out just about the same time I tried my first red man. Oh, my grandpa would sit down there, man. He'd be like, hey, my grandpa wore. That's why I wear bibs. I wear bibs. I love bibs, but I, you know that's a Midwest thing. And uh, but my grandpa, that's all he wore. He wore bibs. And I remember we were sitting down, boy, and he would he pulled out his old red man tobacco. He said. You want to try some of this? And I said, yeah, Grandpa. I put some of that in there, man. What, two minutes, man. I was puking my guts out. Now, ain't nobody, he, he, didn't, he didn't say, hey, come here, Big Mo. He didn't call you Big Mo, did he? No, Talk. hell no. He didn't call he, me he, Come here, little Mo. Yeah, and so we sat there and did that. And then uh, my uncles and stuff, you know, we're sitting there playing dominoes in, in the backyard. And they have a little bottle and some bourbon. And they're like, my mom was like, she don't drink. She's never drank. So if my mom were a cop. My uncles, they she would beat their ass, or she would like be, because that's her baby. But yeah, he'd be like pouring me a little, have a little taste, and it was like battery acid in my mouth. But that was my first step back in when I was nine, ten. I got a little, a little sip on. Now, what about something. when you were in the military? Did you drink anything then? Or? Oh yeah, come on. Now. Did you, did you did you have a favorite back then? No, it's anything that was anything free. You remember that old military special then? He's right. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot, you know how this military dude. You ain't gonna get get rich. You you living paycheck to paycheck. Paycheck to paycheck. Well, yeah, yeah. hey, so Mo, how do we find you on uh on social media? How do we reach out to you? Yeah, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. Uh, I love Instagram. That's kind of like what I normally hit. But I hit on everything. Uh, and got then a couple, uh, got got a couple photos on there. You drink yeah. a little bit of bourbon. Yeah, people think, man, man, you need to slow your break. You need to slow down. I'm like, look, dude, I'm just, I enjoy bourbon. I enjoy cigars and I enjoy bourbon. Enjoying life, right? You know, it is. Life is short. It is. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't, I don't abuse the stuff. I don't, you know, but I enjoy, I enjoy, I mean, when I grew up, it was all about quantity over quality because we didn't have no money. But as I'm a grown adult, it is quality over quantity. Enjoy life, live life to the fullest. You're damn right. Saying. You're damn right because you know, days given to no man. My eyes can shut for, the, for permanently tomorrow. But I could sit there and say to myself, Big Mo Kaysen lives. So, so Mo, you got any big, uh, 
You got any big barbecue competitions coming up? Yeah, I'm uh, fortunate enough to get back in the Jack Daniels World Championship down in Lynchburg, Tennessee, in the end of October. It's a very prestigious contest. Every, uh, and I won a cook-off in Perth, Australia. And that's what got me in. And so I'll be going down to Lynchburg in the end of October and taking big, big blue. And we're going to go down there and see what's up. Well, listeners, hey, if you can get down there and uh, and see Big Mo at, at the uh, World Championship down yeah. there at Jack Daniels, uh, I'm sure he, he'd love to see you down there. Yeah. And you want to see him win the World Championship, this yeah. is the time to do it right here. I'm going to do the best I can, put my best foot forward and see what's up. Mo, once again, I'd like to thank you for your military service. Likewise, brother. And, uh, hey, listeners, try his barbecue. Check him out on Pitmasters. Just just watch him. I think we're going to take one more pour. We're going to take another pour right here. Come on. Here. Let's do it. She's like, no, I ain't doing that. <laughs> Vivian says no, but I'm, I'm going to take another pour. Damn right. You can never go wrong with some spe- some uh, Weller Special Reserve. So, Mo, thanks again, brother. And we'll, we'll see you down the Bourbon Road. You got it, brother. appreciate all of our listeners and we'd like to thank you for taking time out of your day to hang out with us here on the bourbon road we hope you enjoyed today's show and if so we would appreciate if you'd subscribe and rate us a five star with a review on itunes make sure you follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at the bourbon road that way you'll be kept in the loop on all the bourbon road happenings you can also visit our website at thebourbonroad.com to read our blog listen to the show or reach out to us directly we always welcome comments or suggestions. And if you have an idea for a particular guest or topic, be sure to let us know. And again, thanks for hanging out with us. <laughs>